You've seen the first Pokemon movie, right? Ages ago. A long ago. time ago, yeah. It's a good movie. I mean, you know what I'm saying. It's not a good movie, but it's... <laughs> I enjoyed it when I was younger. Yeah. yeah, you'd expect it to be worse than it is. I remember Pikachu slapping fake Pikachu, and they're mm. crying. Yeah. Kind of weird. Yeah. Because there's the real Pokemon and the fake Pokemon. Because the cloning Pokemon. Yeah, because Mewtwo yeah. was cloning them. Yeah. Uh, I remember in the in the show, in the cartoon, uh, Ash visits Giovanni. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, you just see a Blast and this Pokemon fly out with like robotic shit all over him. Right. And then the movie starts when you watch it. And that's Mewtwo, you realize. They set that up in the show. So deep, so many That's layers. world building, right there. <laughs> That's the first connected universe. <laughs> it's not really. Um, so the first, first connected universe was the Abrahamic religions, right? It's like... <laughs> all these different timelines and... You've got the same characters rebooted over and over again. Just cut this, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> listeners though apparently right? I know the SoundCloud like 250 listeners or something that's stupid that's weird who's listening do they just it, I'm gonna put this in who is listening <laughs> email us please comment yeah we've yeah. got a Twitter I think yeah we do it is <sighs> I think it's at homework show homework podcast I think it's at homework podcast. Okay. We'll put it in the credits. Just skip to the credits now. Don't bother listening to it. I'll put it in the show skip notes. The I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, right? yeah. So that'll be fine. If, if you're listening to our podcast. Just at say something at us yeah. on Twitter. Let us know who you are. Maybe it's like a, maybe it's a bot. Maybe, maybe someone could improve their, their bot by uh, also tapping into the Twitter API and messaging us for that. If you're writing a bot to listen to the homework podcast, first of all, cool. <laughs> Second of all, hook into the Twitter API, send us a message. And also, if you know of any ways to, like, get free subscribers on your Instagram or Twitter or, you know, whatever it is you sell on your bots, let us know. Hook us up. More things for the list. Wow. Lists for the list, God. So, do you want to talk about... um, Breakfast. I was going to say that, yeah. Breakfast, yeah. That's got to be our opening, right? Yeah, Breakfast. I just had breakfast, so. How what did was you have? Brown flakes. Oh, right. Okay. I've got to start having more <laughs> um, I'm glad I didn't have chips. Uh, I was that close to having chips for breakfast. <laughs> you were. Sorry, do you mean like french fries? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. Why didn't you? But you turned up on Saturday. Yeah. I could still have some chips. Yeah. I think what happened was you walked into the kitchen and said, do you mind if I eat your chips for, for breakfast? And then I said sure and then you you kind of judged yourself yeah i felt i felt the weight of shame 
Um, do you like bran flakes? All right. I think they taste bad. They do, but in the morning, when you're as tired as I am today, yeah, don't really want to eat anything that tastes of anything. I don't think there is a cereal that doesn't taste bad. Yes, they're all really bad. What about Cheerios? That's like just sugar. I mean, it's just a bowl of sugar. It's disgusting. Yeah. What about Honey Nut Cheerios? <laughs> You're going further down this road. It's I can't follow. More sugar on more cardboard. Yeah. Are, are you, do you have like oatmeal and stuff? Yeah, I, actually, I like porridge. That's 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 a good one. Is there a distinction between oatmeal and porridge? Or no, is just one it, American. It, it, it's just the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, right. That's the distinction. <laughs> okay. I don't like saying porridge. Really? No. I think it's a nice word. I do not think it is a nice word. It injects some fun into my life to say words like that. Porridge. You would think that. Yeah. Do you do you enjoy it? The the, the oatmeal. saying of the word. No, the, just uh, oatmeal the food. Uh, I've never really tried it to be honest. It's um Quite it's spicy. a thing that I think that I wouldn't like, and that's why I've not tried it. Oh, I see. It's, it's really good. Um, it's really good. Not very good at breakfasts. No, that's true. What do you usually have? I usually have like a banana when I get to work because they're sort of available. Um, They're so boring. I went out for breakfast when I was in America. This is as fun a story as you can get when talking about breakfast. Um, I had a breakfast burrito, but I had to ask them to take the meat out. So it was just an egg wrap. That still sounds really good. With all those hash browns. Was it good? Yeah, it it was pretty good. Breakfast burrito sounds like um, like a marketing thing. Like it doesn't sound like if you're in are burritos Mexican. No, no. They're, they're like an uh, American yeah. interpretation of Mexican food. Yeah. Okay, so it just sounds like you wanted to eat one during breakfast. Like it doesn't sound sure, like yeah. a breakfast food. But there's nothing wrong with that, other than health reasons, presumably. Well, burritos aren't the healthiest thing, right? No, it's a wrap filled with rice, meat, and other things yeah so in this case scrambled egg and nothing else <laughs> when, yeah. I, when I was in the US and I was asleep on Ailish's yeah. floor uh, someone else in the house like came in they opened the door I was passed out on the floor hung over and uh, he just threw a breakfast burrito at my face and it hit me like across the face and landed next to me and then I fell back to sleep and when I woke up <laughs> the fucking grease and oil from the breakfast burrito had just like I just broken out in spots like down my face. I was really angry about that. That was that was a bad experience. But did, the US did it in general, knock you out into going back to sleep? Like, have you ever stayed over here? Like, go, you know what my sleeping patterns are like. Like, if I have, am asleep, that's it. Like, yeah. I'll not wake up. Yeah. It's 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 a disease. But you were awake when they threw the burrito at you. I deliriously remember having a burrito thrown at my face. I remember waking up with a burrito next to my face. I remember then eating the burrito <laughs> in bed. <laughs> the US was a real low point in my life. Sounds like it. Yeah, it was it was it was it was, was the burrito the high point of the <laughs> I had a lot of good burritos in the US, right? Yeah. And I could probably rank them. I Do had it. one I had one in Cartopia. Where's just that? like a little car park, basically, on the other side of the river in Portland. So like, there's the interesting part of Portland, yeah. and then you cross the river, and there's all the stuff. Bands. Well, like, there's a lot of food things. So like, salt and straw is on that side of the river, if you know about that. That's like no. a really famous um, ice cream place. Okay. And like, uh, Blue Star Donuts, and like, stuff like that. All the stuff that like, 
you're supposed to do when you go. Okay. All amazing, by the way. I went to Cartopia, which is basically just a car park with a bunch of food carts okay. in it. And I had a burrito there. I was just fucking incredible. But because I'm English and tipping in America is confusing, frustrating and terrifying all yeah. at once. I forgot to tip the guy so I could never go back. You could have gone back. In a disguise. Would they have banned you? No, like, if you don't tip someone in the US, like, it's so rude. Is it? Like, people were shocked when I was like, I forgot to tip the guy, I feel terrible, like... Yeah. You know, people were just like, oh my god, like, you can never go back. I would forget all the time if I was there. I forgot all the time. Because it's a fucking stupid thing to do, yeah. to, like, force people to tip your waiters. Like, yeah. what... It's, like, if you see, like, the graph of average tip amount against, like, GDP of a country... Where it's like, all the low-income countries, like, low-GDP countries, they have, like, really high tipping. Yeah. So they have, like, tipping cultures because waiters don't earn enough. Yeah. But then, like, as the GDP increases of the country, yeah. the tipping amount goes down and down and down. America's except exception. for America, yeah. which is just this ridiculous exception that's, like, that you have to tip for everything. If you order a beer at a bar, you're sitting at the bar, you order a beer, the guy just pulls a tap, just fills up your glass, you could have done it yourself. And you pay him for the beer, and then you've got to put another dollar fifty on top, just because he passed you your drink, yeah, because he's not getting paid enough. Like, we didn't do it for, for stuff like that in America. I, I mean, you are supposed to. Like, there's there's a there's a line, and it's it's the Americans are never gonna learn unless we uh, <laughs> unless we educate them. I mean, we've left it long enough, and we yeah. should really. Uh, that is kind of how it feels when you go to America, yeah. and like restaurant culture. Like, the food is incredible in America. Just everything else about going to a restaurant. <laughs> Terrible fucking experience. There are some restaurants, like high-end ones, that have stopped. Like banned tipping, right? Yeah, because that's obviously the... like that. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Because even if you're used to it, you still have to think about it when you're having a meal. Like, you go out for a nice meal. Yeah. You don't want to think about cooking. Yeah. You don't want to think about anything to do... You don't want to think about washing up. You don't want to think about all the shit that comes with making a meal. To then have to add that mental burden of like now I have to work out how much to tip this this guy based on how friendly they've been because that's how you work it out yeah it's just fucking I don't, I, I, don't, I don't like it I still I still get scared about it it's like the number of times I insulted you people. wake up in the middle of the night I'm serious sweating about this. like it concerns me sometimes I remember on your face. <laughs> sometimes I remember not tipping someone here I just yeah, like, and I'll just like, this wave of shame will come over me. Like, when I was in New Mexico, and I went to this little, like, chili place, and I had, like, a bowl of chili, and then I went over to pay, and the guy was like, oh, we're like a family-run business, and like, you know, me and my wife, we moved here from Mexico. I wonder how many times he has to tell that story for other tips. I know, but then I just didn't tip him, because I fucking forgot. He told you a story, man. I know. Like, it just doesn't occur to me because I don't tip people. Like, in London, like, the last time I tipped someone... I mean, it's probably like... It was your doctor when you were born. <laughs> it's like my dentist. <laughs> um, it just doesn't, it doesn't happen. Which schools of hip-hop were you engaged with, Joel? You got me into hip-hop. That happened. Did I? Yeah. When? Why do we always have the same conversation? I like hip-hop because of you. Because you sent me a bunch of stuff and you were like, just work through this whole playlist and find stuff that you like. Did I do that? Yeah. And then I found the things that I liked. Yeah. And then from that, I found the things that I liked 
from like that were related. You saw the artists in the list. You Google image search them. Whichever ones <laughs> appeared white. Piece of shit. I was gonna make a joke like that. Yeah. Aesop Rock, Atmosphere. He's good. I mean, Aesop Rock is good. I don't yeah. know Atmosphere. Oh. But I like. Jules. Run the jewels. Well, I like half run the jewels. I'm joking. I think you like black rappers too. <laughs> God, this. <laughs> At 9.41, the planet's going to shift on its axis nine forever. Two most significant events of the 20th century. The Allies win the war and this. You can't write code. You are not an engineer. What do you do? The musicians play the instruments. I play the orchestra. I sat in a garage and invented the future because artists lead and hacks ask for a show of hands. I love that you don't care how much money a person makes. You care what they make, but what you make isn't supposed to be the best part of you. You're the only one who sees the world the same way I do. No one sees the world the same way you do. Okay, so shall I talk about like what I thought about the movie? Should we, should we jump into that? Yeah. I thought it was a steaming pile of shit. Uh, I'm actually reasonably upset that you made me sit through that film. Um, I thought it was... I mean, like, to be clear, I started watching the film at 1.30 in the morning. Good. Okay, great. And finished at 3.40. I was quite drunk before I started the film. None of those were preconditions I gave for you to watch it. But I did finish my homework. Okay. Like many of my university uh, assignments <laughs> I was drunk and it was 1am but I got it done okay uh, and we, we looked it up on because I didn't really know anything about this film um, and I didn't really want to watch it um, so I didn't but we uh, I, I was curious as to whether it was considered like a good film no we got the wrong scores you know when we said like, oh yeah, the one that, that was, was like, the 2013 one. Oh, right this one that had low ratings so i thought this film had really low ratings because i looked up steve jobs movie yeah and it's like terribly rated yeah but then i looked up steve jobs 2015 everyone fucking loves it yeah everyone's like great film really got the measure of the man <laughs> you know do you have any questions for me before i begin my little tirade What did you like? I liked the computer history because I'm into that. So like, right. you know, talking about the Apple II and like, you know, the Hewlett Packards, like the early ones and like talking about IBM and yeah. all that like kind of posturing and uh, that's an exciting time in history. Yeah. Um, I didn't like everything else. Okay. Uh, so like, I liked the, the historical backdrop of the film. It's it's a it's an important time in history. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think you should start your tirade. Right okay, so <laughs> the film fucking terrible. Like, first of all, can I ask you? Do, do you like the film? I love the film. Would you watch it multiple times? I have seen it multiple times. Can I ask what you like about the film? No, I want to hear what you hated first. Okay. Yeah. Right. So. The nature of a product like a computer, yeah. the nature of any project like a computer, is that it's almost never the result of one man doing all the work. Right. right? So, like, Steve Jobs did not do all the work. And the film plays some, like, you know, some lip service to, like, 
Wozniak and, and all the people who, you know, actually built the thing. And then it's kind of... I think it does a lot more than that. Right. But... It, it does argue that, like, Wozniak was the guy behind it and all this kind of stuff. And he kind of comes out as the good guy at the end of the film. Yeah. Jobs comes out as the bad guy. And I get all that. But still, it manages to have its cake and eat it yeah. by doing that, but also presenting Jobs as this, like, mega genius, which, like... <laughs> I'm going to be clear, like, the, the, the problem with talking about Jobs, because we've talked about Steve Jobs before, is that everyone thinks he's amazing. Mm-hmm. I just think he's okay, right? right. Like, he, he was in the right place at the right time. He was a smart and creative guy. He was able to make a lot of, rev- you know, push forward a lot of revolutionary ideas that pushed computers forward. Mm-hmm. But lots of other people were doing the same thing. It's the fact that he managed to also nail the mobile phone revolution that that's why he is, is remembered yeah. right um yeah people like gates are just thought of now as like philanthropists or whatever but all these people were important in the history of computing sure there's like a hero worship around jobs that i never really understood yeah because he's not someone to look up to he is an anomaly right he's not something that anyone could achieve like nobody else could end up in the situation that he was mm-hmm. because he lucked out in some aspect, like in some respects, like he, it was not his genius that got him to the top, right? It was that he started a computer company with a smart guy who could make computers, happened to have the right personality to the rise to, to, to be aggressive and rise yeah. to the top of that. So he's not worth looking up to, I don't think, because no one else could really. That, that's that's a strange argument to me because so many figures in history who've done great things, right. some aspect of their success is a product of luck. Sure. Bill Gates as well. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with that. Athletes. But the difference is that, like, you know, Tom and I were having this conversation yesterday. We were like, Saddam Hussein (laughs) became the the dictator of Iraq. Yeah. Partially by luck, right? Okay. Doesn't make him an interesting or good dude. Doesn't make him a genius. Means he's in the right place at the right time. And it doesn't mean we celebrate him, right? Right. I think idolizing that, like, being in the right place at the right time. I I think hero worship in general is really unhealthy. Right. Right. Like, I don't think it's a good thing to do. And this is like getting to a, a slightly deeper aspect of my personality. Like, it's 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 right to, to have, to admire what someone has achieved. Yeah. But not to admire the person. Do you think this film does that? Yes, I think it does. It admires the person. I think he comes across as a jerk, but I still think the film has this underlying thing of like, he's allowed to be a jerk because he's a genius. Right, and the like that's the subtext of the film. the The actual arguments made by the characters in the film are the complete opposite of that. But the final shot with him on the stage, with people like cheering him and the like emotional music, and he's about to present the iMac. Uh-huh. The subtext of that is he was a jerk, but in the end, guy was successful, right? Okay, I'll come back to that later. D- okay, so. I didn't like the film. Now we're talking about Jobs, right? But yeah. let, I'm going to talk about the film. So that, that's my opinion on Jobs. Okay. It's like, he's not a... He's overrated. Okay. He's not not a smart guy. Yeah. He's not not successful and all this kind of stuff. Like, I'm not... I don't dislike him. Yeah. I just think he's overrated. The film was clearly written by people who thought that Apple was the most important company in the entire world at that point. Uh-huh. And who thought that Jobs was the most important man in the most important company in the entire world. Yeah. Um, that came across as just disgusting and like quite it's quite icky to watch it's just like that hero worship just doesn't do anything for me okay um, 
getting to like the technical stuff about the film, the way it was shot was boring, the sets were boring, the actors were like forgettable. I thought the way that it like interspersed historical shit with what was going on at the, the time, yeah, it got quite. It, it just wasn't handled well. It, it, it was kind of confusing. Like Sorry, the were, cross-cutting between Yeah, the... they were like overlaying conversations between yeah. each other. And maybe it was just that I was drunk and it was 2am, but like that was just too much for my tiny brain. <laughs> and <laughs> the... Um, I, 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 just, I didn't like the way it looked. I didn't like the way it sounded. Yeah. Didn't like any of the performances. It just it was a film with absolutely nothing for me. Um, I don't understand what there is to like about it. Okay. I'd like you to tell me what there is to like about it. Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> did you did you ever see The Social Network? No. Okay. No. I, I thought that looked boring as well. Again, like, I don't care about the story of... I think, yeah, the, the, uh, the thing when it was set and um, like when, that, when you set the homework last time and, and thinking about watching a film called Steve Jobs about Steve Jobs just seemed very boring to me like uh, just because he's just at the end of the day if you if you remove his connection with uh, apple he's just some guy who's like a ceo of a big company and i, I think it's the, the company of apple is a lot more interesting than steve jobs as a person i mean there's loads of other big companies who you just wouldn't really know the C- the name of the CEO. Um, and it's weird that he's got this place in... Well, that's because, like, Apple's inseparable... Like, the idea of Apple... It's inseparable from the culture that he developed, right? Right. There's a line in the movie where he says... Um, he's talking to John Scully and he says, you, you started lifestyle advertising and mm-hmm. our brand was my brand. Right, yeah. Right? That, that's... Tr- True. I, like this, is the, I, I agree that like, I, I kind of don't necessarily agree on the he's just a guy thing. I think like he had a creative vision and he managed yeah. to drive that creative vision through. But I think that lots of people do that. The difference was he was in the right place at the right time in the right industry, right? And that's why he's remembered. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't want to belittle what he achieved because of that. Yeah. Like it's always difficult when you're talking about people like Steve Jobs or to use a more modern example, Elon Musk. Yeah. And I love SpaceX. I love what Elon Musk is doing. But if you ever draw any attention to the fact that he is like just a really rich guy who happens to be into rockets and he's in the right place at the right time and all this kind of stuff, people get a bit upset and they kind of want to believe that he's this super genius, that like he could achieve anything. the, the, The distinction is like you can be in the right place in the right time and if you don't have the same... If you replaced him with an av- like someone of average, but you I, still wouldn't do those things. I do completely agree with that. Right. Like, I, I, I do agree. I just think it's not worth worshipping the guy because of that. Right. Like, it's worth... Like, I I don't dislike Apple computers as yeah. much as you might think I do. Yeah. I, I think the guy produced great things, right? But I just don't see any... I, I think, like, separating the person from those works is something that, like... I don't get the hero worship around him. I don't get hero worship in general. Like, yeah. You know, he's a smart guy with a, you know, an almost unique world vision in the right place at the right time. That's worthy of respect, but not worship. Right. Sure. It's, and I think the film felt like worship. It didn't feel like a biography. It felt like 
a toward like a kind of chronicling of his personality. That was the yeah. I don't think it was meant to be a biography. No, it's no. not. It's not. Um, it's not total enough to do that. Yeah. yeah, it's it's snapshots of him in different points in history to yeah. tell an arc of his character. Right, and how. So at the end, when he's like celebrated and whatnot, mm-hmm. I think the. Th- like he's so. He he is like. You're you're meant you're meant to think watching this movie that he is not a nice guy, mm-hmm. and he's not a man to be emulated. He, he um, did not acknowledge his daughter, who was his actual daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, he treated his friends awfully. He he lost most of them. Um, and I think I think the I think the weakest act is the last act because it doesn't show. I think what he's trying to say is that in those 14 years mm-hmm. he has, has, has evolved as a person mm-hmm. and they try to do that in the opening scene in the final act where yeah. he's like he's joking around with people and he's being nice and he's calming down right, and yeah. when he does begin to blow up he, yeah. he, he pulls himself back right um, and they're trying to show that his, he, he has a rise and fall arc mm-hmm. and he ends with the rise that's, that's, that's what they're trying to show that, mm-hmm. I think that his his relationship with his daughter mirrors that because it is so awful throughout the years yeah. and continues to get better in the second act and like their their um father and daughter by the end. Mm-hmm. Um I I really, really enjoy this movie because like clearly it doesn't work for you at all, but I love listening to how the dialogue is written. Does that you remember when we went to go see X that play? Mm-hmm. And the dialogue was very quick, and it was bouncing back and forth right, between yeah. the two. Like yeah. I, I like listening to it, and I think yeah. it is well written. Mm-hmm. Now it's done. All of the cross cutting works for me. I think that is really well done. I. I like everything about this movie. the 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 middle scene. The middle scene where, <laughs> the the middle scene where um. He meets John Scully again, and then they have that argument, right? Mm-hmm. And that argument is like, sort of like the centerpiece of the movie, right? Right. Yep. Um, and they're cross-cutting between like three, four different scenes. It's very, yeah. It's yeah. complex in how it's constructed, mm-hmm. and I think maybe you were tired and drunk because I think that really works really well mm-hmm. in how they're connecting those conversations together, right? Um, and so many of them work for me, like. There are monologues in that film that I love listening to. When um, Wozniak, when Seth Rogen as Wozniak says to says to Jobs, like, you didn't do this. You didn't design the, G- uh, the mm-hmm. GUI was stolen. You didn't design the computer. The It was designed by someone else. What do you do? Mm-hmm. I love that speech. That's great. That, that felt like it summarized their relationship at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I don't know. I thought I thought the performances were really good. That they felt hammed up to me. Like I think the whole thing was like an emotional roller coaster. I never felt like there was any downtime in that film. It was just like everyone was stressed or angry all the time because it was always like five minutes before he was going on stage sure. or whatever. It just got tiring after a while. It was just like just fucking chill out like <laughs> I like that unrelenting pace yeah. I, I like that it kept pushing forward and, and it just, never stopped but I feel like you only 
I, I, I don't know. It's just, it wasn't for me. That's... No, th- th- this is super clear to me. Um, getting into a, like a more deep conversation about the philosophy of jobs that was being celebrated in the film. Yeah. Which is like the end-to-end control thing. The like um, kind of closed system. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I don't think that was right. But like... His... The film paints it as being, him being right for saying that, yeah. That was like... So frustrating. Yeah. But it's like that. Okay, so I I would argue, and again, like it's really difficult to talk about this stuff without sounding hyperbolic or sounding like it's a non-issue, and you're just overblowing or overstating it. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I understand. But like, computers could be could have been so much more than they are, mm-hmm. right? Like that that, and I think that Steve like. The environment that Steve Jobs was in was that he was selling computers to the layman. It was the personal computer revolution. He's, he's selling computers. He to makes that. that argument to Scully in that flashback, right? right? The bicycle of the mind thing. Right. Yeah. And that all makes sense because he's in an environment where it, the environment is optimized for selling to the most number of people possible. And in that sense, the end-to-end control thing, the closed system thing, the like simplified GUI, that all this kind of stuff. That's how you sell computers. But that is a profit and numbers driven thing, right? And I think the argument that Wozniak makes at the beginning where he's like, people want to change how the computers work. They want to know what's going on inside. Like, I just, it, it makes me upset because it's like, in an alternate reality, could that philosophy have won? Yeah. And could we have ended up with con- computers not being just a consumer item, right. which is what they are. And that is... It's depressing because it's something I think about a lot. The fact that like you are not allowed to open your computer, you void the warranty if you yeah. do that, and like you're not allowed to even reinstall an operating system without voiding your warranty. He makes that really great line, right? Wozniak does in the garage where he says, "I'm not going to build computers to have your flaws too." Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think by celebrating this, this like, is it all came from Apple, right? Like the whole that that philosophy yeah. comes from Apple and now it's been adopted by the entire computing industry yeah. and I don't know whether it could have gone a different way because they were trying to sell computers to everyone but part of me is likes to imagine that there is an alternate universe out there yeah. where people were willing to put in more than no work at all and actually learn how to use a computer because like once you get under the hood of a computer, sure. it can do so much more than just read emails and go on the internet and all yeah. this kind of stuff. And I think like it's in Apple's interests and in all computers now, all computer companies' interests to not encourage the user to investigate yeah. what's going on. Um, because if they are investigating what's going on, they can break things, they can cause damage to things, they can do all this kind of stuff. I, think, I don't disagree with any of that. I think that philosophy that Apple have... Come from comes from him, and I think, I think the film presents that that philosophy comes from his his character, which is deeply flawed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the film tries to make that point that it's all about his adoption and his not being wanted and all of that kind of stuff. Right, but it is depressing living in the real world now, right? That he kind of built, right, and and having to look at the fact that like people walk around with you know, with their MacBooks and iPhones and, and they don't know what's going on inside and they yeah. don't care. Like, that's the worst thing is, like, 
people don't give a shit. And not everyone can, right? Like, in, in, a, in a civilization, people specialise. You don't yeah. expect everyone to, to know how to sure. operate a computer or, or whatever. Um, but there has to be a line somewhere because, you know, people people have to know how to use a keyboard and mouse and how to, like, open a, a web browser. Like, why not push that a little further and say, like, people should understand how web pages are displayed? Or, like, it's just... I, I, it's not, I think that is happening, though, more and more, right? Sure. Yeah. You just wanted it to have happened then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a really... You can make the argument that it wouldn't have happened though, right? That computers only became popular because of the things they did. Yeah, and and that's why I'm saying this with a complete pinch of salt. Like, I don't know whether this alternate reality could have existed. Yeah. Uh, But you... There's like a famous... I can't remember what he's called. There's 99PI about it. Yeah. The guy who invented the like... There's like a kind of six-button keyboard that he invented for the computer. Right. And you could play it like a piano... Kind of remember this. Yeah, and you can, like, kind of communicate with the computer directly. Yeah. And do all this kind of stuff. And he also invented the mouse. I can't remember what his name is. Yeah. Um, and his argument was that we shouldn't just be taking old systems like that, because your keyboard is just a typewriter converted into a, a computer. There's no reason sure. why you should be doing using that. Yeah. His argument was that we should be communicating with the computer in a new way. Like, you need a new peripheral to do that. Um, and instead... The just get a typewriter and stick it on a on a computer one. Yeah. Um. Um, back in the seventies, to make a film, mm-hmm. you needed to know how to edit with actual film. You needed to you needed to understand the entire process, end to end, and um, it was limited to an elite few to make films. Right. Yeah. Right. If we wanted to make a film right now, we could. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm more interested in more people having access to that than I am to a limited number of people. When you create more boundaries to, um, accessing something, Mm -hmm. let's say Dwarf Fortress, for example, right? Less people are going to be able to play it and less people are going to want to play it. Um, you're, it's like your problems with that philosophy of, of making it more open and easier and, and that kind of thing. The exact opposite of it is my problem with Dwarf Fortress. Well, okay, so I think that's a bit of a misrepresentation. It's not that I think it shouldn't be easier, right? Yeah. I think it's that it shouldn't be closed, right? Like, people should be allowed to, to do what they want with their computers. Right. That's that's kind of, that's the, the thing that I yeah. wouldn't let go of. Right. Like, uh, the, the kind of extra peripheral stuff, that's just like a, historical curiosity around that okay right it's the fact that your mac doesn't really belong to you that's what's upsetting it's licensed to you right yeah mac always does kind of feel like it's still owned by apple rather yeah. than the person who has it so if if you had like a apple mac for example where you could get back off and you could play around with it without breaking the warranty and you could you know consume media that wasn't tightly controlled by itunes mm-hmm. um but it still had that kind of sleek design and yeah. and and it was easy to use for for anyone. Would that be appealing? Yeah, because I think that's m- considerably more difficult, right? To make something that's incredibly well like no, because it's the choice. It's like the freedom to open the machine. You don't right. have to open the machine. Okay, it's the fact that you have the choice that's important. Like it's it's a philosophy right, thing enough. rather than a you know. Yeah, but it's. Um, Shit, I had a good point. God damn it. What was I going to say? 
Yeah, okay. Um, so, like, Steve Jobs pushes this idea of owning something digital and turning digital media into something discrete that can be bought or sold. Yeah. And that comes from, like, the Jobs philosophy. It's not just him. But, like, then that comes... That, that then bleeds into things like music, like the idea of buying a digital track. That seems normal to us now. Yeah. But there were many, many different economic models that could have risen to the top. The one that won was the one that said, treat it like it's a CD or treat it like it's a vinyl record. Right, because right. that's what people understand. Right. Yeah. But there is so much more that you could do with a computer right. than just reference the real world, right? And like, there's so much more you could do with digital economy than just reference the real world. And the problem is that you have people who don't want to think about it participating in it. That's my frustration. Right, I agree. I, I think if... It sounds like to me that all those other possibilities that you want mm-hmm. are never possible the, like in the first step. They sound like step Z in right. the process of evolution. And the first step, the, the iTunes store in this analogy is the only first step that you can take you have to appreciate that that is frustrating yeah i i agree but like maybe that's the only way you can do it to get that many people to evolve right i think to take the argument even further and even deeper that this is is like a product of capitalism right that the, the reason why controlling something like that is so successful is because we live in a in a market which encourages that um, oh yeah well my old sister watched this movie and she just said it it um it was like this is a movie about how capitalism is great yeah yeah which I didn't really read it that way but but like that, I can see how you can but that's the frustration with computers in general yeah. as like lefty scum that they could have broken that that they could have they could have shattered that capitalist that capitalist system that yeah. there was an opportunity there in the 70s to destroy it and instead it was commodified it was commodified turned into a product and sold and closed and i think like the why do you think these companies close computers and 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 try and discourage you from actually working out what's going on inside it's because that is antithetical to selling you a computer like being able to tinker with it change it do all this stuff suddenly it's not a product anymore right it's not something that they they've sold you it's not a no, yeah, they've locked you into an ecosystem of theirs. And right. They want you to use all their other products. And that is, re- like, the, the, the issue is that that's really unnatural for a computer to be pushed into that, right. that system. You've had to construct quite a lot of extra shit around it to make that work. Yeah. And that philosophy is, it just seems bizarre. Like, once you see through all that weird shit that's had to be added onto the, the edges, like, right. you know, first of all, you have to close it. Like, that, that's like a, a must. Yeah. Secondly, you have to market it as if it's a lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? That's bizarre. You have to brand it, right? Uh, and, and, and like, all these things, uh, like, the, the, the fact that Apple seller an operating system is kind of cool, but at the same time, it's, it's exactly this. It's like, you don't have a choice. Like, you buy an Apple product, everything is controlled, from start to finish and i don't think because you know my computer is ultimately a closed system as well it, it's not like i'm lording it up over people who buy apple like, yeah it, it's just more just kind of sadness that, that the computer industry ended up yeah in that situation i'm i'm, I'm trying to make the argument that that it was inevitable yeah because that's how people that. work like they don't care about how like people just don't care how this is going to work right. because they want it to do the things that they want it to do 
Apple saw that and said, let's make it as easy as possible for them to do those things. And that worked for them. Right. It's just... It's sad, but I'm saying it's inevitable, right? That's Your sadness is with people. Yeah. yeah. Not with computers. Yeah. Computers are perfect. Well, so, it's a, it's a, it's, I mean... <laughs> I don't know. I, I get why you uh, like um, uh, Ghost in the Shell now. <laughs> I kind of agree with both points, I think. I mean... I feel like if Apple hadn't done it, it wouldn't be that surprising if someone else had done a similar yeah. thing. Because, I mean, like, to, to close those systems, I don't know, it, it works and it makes you successful. Um, and and it, it works in the kind of political and, and, and basically like the class system that we have. We have a new class system now, which is many ways like tied to, to Apple and that, that tech industry where mm-hmm. the people who are the richest and have all the money other people who can work with the tech and understand yeah. it and be educated in that. Um, and then you have everyone else who just consumes with a computer in a, in a consumerist way. Yeah. Um, and they're controlled by that. I think controlled by the people who can understand it and do use it and have the money yeah. and own the tech companies. Um, which was like, I don't know, I was in San Francisco quite recently. So this was like really, really highlighted because that is where so much of this stuff began. Um, and there's, there's quite a big divide there, really. Like, it, it's quite noticeable mm-hmm. um, that higher, like, tech group who have come in with all the money. Right, because um, you see a Tesla drive by a bunch of homeless people. Well, yeah, sure. And they have, there's, there's, a, there's a street up in the hills, which is just called Billionaire's Row where the houses go for, like, 50 C- Colloquially, it's not actually at the... Yeah, colloquially, okay. yeah. I can't remember the name of the road, yeah. but... And it's just got tech people living in houses all the way down it, like the guy who is CEO of Oracle and right. the guy who designed the iPad, I think, like the, one of the lead designers at Apple and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and there's a lot of frustrations in the city of San Francisco about these people coming in and just kind of changing the city, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which ties in with the like uh, gentrification and stuff like that. Um, that there is there is kind of a new class system now. Yeah. Like we think we get rid of one and we just end up with another one. Um, yeah, well, I think... I wonder whether that... I mean, I don't know. Yeah, well, it's easy to talk about, like, democratization of computing. Really what happened was democratization of productivity. And that only benefits the people at the top, right? The fact you were saying, like, we could make a movie right now, that's democratization of productivity, right. not of power. Like, you don't have any more power than you used to because yeah. of that. And, 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 like, technology, like the computer revolution, could have been that moment where suddenly power is completely democratized to everyone. Right. And it wasn't. Instead, it was packaged up and you were sold a productivity tool. All, all, of, all of these issues, like, they don't sound like issues with the movie to me. No. no. This is like a wider but this is why I didn't now. enjoy the movie. Right. Because like, of your wider philosophical view. Right. That this was just, like a heart in the like an arrow in the heart to that yeah yeah or at least represented that yeah okay. i think like the wozniak thing in that film was kind of a nod and a wink to that whole th- yeah because it was a conflict going on within computing at the time yeah. right uh, all these great engineers who had these strong political beliefs about computers yeah were just being bought up by ibm i mean there's a reason why tech people get paid so much yeah you know they tend to not really trust corporations very much you need to make life as comfortable as possible for them, for them to come and join those companies. Yeah, it's um, 
it's just it's just depressing and it reminded me of that and that made the film worse for me i think it's another example of like something that started like a kind of grassroots thing with people experimenting with computers and yeah. it grows a bit and then the system gets reversed into this top-down structure and yeah. bottom-up, which is controlled by essentially one man, Steve Jobs, I guess, at the time. Um, and you see that with loads of systems. Yeah. Well, the same thing is happening with the internet as we speak, yeah. which is like, you know, when the internet was first becoming reasonably popular, we were children. And the internet that I grew up on and used when I was really very young is the wild west the wild west it was like a world away from the internet today yeah which is largely controlled by major corporations facebook google vying, vying for control is that inevitable i don't i don't think it is inevitable it's, it's only ine- inevitable because we live in a because capitalist. in the capital yeah. yeah right because but this is like when you start to talk about systems design um it's like you what tends to happen when you have like lots and lots of individual agents acting as you know semi-freely is they will tend towards what the system incentivizes and a capitalist system incentivizes control and profit right and and that's sometimes that's a good thing right that's not always a bad thing so i'm not saying like it's evil or whatever like incentivizing control and profit means that you have companies who make cars and make computers and do all this kind of stuff but it doesn't incentivize good things that we like like you you min max for things regardless of morality right yeah like if a company has morals, we see that as surprising. We're like, you know, yeah. this person's a great philanthropist. How nice that they're giving something back. Yeah. We appreciate internally that they have taken something away, yeah. right? Like something has been taken. And that's, I think that's what's happening with the internet at the moment, which is that, you know, you have these huge companies taking advantage of a lot of the work that individuals did yeah. to form the web as it as it is yeah. and taking away a lot of the colour and a lot of the... The, the, the value that it has and then like now you have governments getting involved so you know that like it's completely fucked like the internet is dead at mm-hmm. this point um, and it's just become another communication tool like the telephone and it's like that's depressing it, it is depressing and it's like it's arguably inevitable as well right in the same in the system that we live in yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know and like a really good counter example actually is uh, Cuban technologists if you look at the state of technology in Cuba, yeah. it's all hackers. So, like, because they don't get Western products. I love a movie about Cuban hackers. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, like, physical hackers. So, like, they'll pull pieces out of, like, vans and cars and, like, old radios or whatever yeah. and build stuff out of those things. And there's a bunch of inventions that American businessmen have gone to Cuba, looked at these people doing these things, gone back to America right. and just commercialized them. And you're like... That seems really fucked up. Yeah. Like that seems like we have the wrong system at that point. Like it, it, it's, I don't know. Like there's a really good documentary about it. You should, you should. Can watch you send it. it to me? Yeah, you should watch right. it. It's really cool. Um, so I think that's. This is a lot of baggage you've placed on this movie. I know. I was quite drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting conversation. I think that is. Yeah. The the Apple and the computer industry is. Kind of yeah. at the heart of in terms of. I could not have picked a worse movie for you to watch. No, you really <laughs> couldn't. I mean, like we had this conversation before I watched it. Yeah. Where I was like, "Is Camille trying to hurt me?" Like, I, is I, this... I genuinely, I, I, I thought you would hate all of the things you've hated. Right. I did not think you would hate it on a like existential on a, on a craft level, yeah. like right, yeah. that you you didn't care about the performances, the writing, the, right, yeah. the direction, the act, like all of this stuff. I thought was so well done. Right. Like I think 
I think as a style, it doesn't do anything for me. Right, like, and it does so much for me. We, we've dialogue. had this conversation before. Like, there's something about the Steve Jobs film that feels very Kamel to me. Yeah. And I can't really place my finger on what it is. Yeah. It's like the way the dialogue is delivered, the way that the camera angles are used, all this kind of stuff. I, I don't know what it is, but it's like there's something about it that just there, does there's nothing like, for me. There, there is like a theatricality to the dialogue. Yeah. Like, I know it's not written in like. Shakespeare was written and written in Iambic like, pentameter. Right, so that's a style, right? Yeah. And I obviously know this isn't written in that, but it feels like a unique style that really works for me. Mm-hmm. You know when he's in that in that boardroom and he says, uh, me and Wozniak sat in a garage and invented the future because artists lean and hack sh- ask for a show of hands, mm-hmm. and then they ask for a show of hands and then mm-hmm. fire him. That's great to me. I think that's that's really like beautifully done, that entire line, but I can see on your face like, you're dead inside, that does not, nothing, does nothing for you. For me. It just yeah. feels shallow. It's like, you know, right. make a point and then counterpoint like two seconds later. There's no, there's no, there's no poetry to it. It's not like you've set something up at the beginning of the film and then subverted it at the end. It's just like you make a point and then you, you make a counterpoint. It just feels shallow. And it's, uh, it makes me so sad. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, you make me sad by making me watch this film. I didn't think you'd be this sad, right? That's well, my thing. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot wait to give you my second homework of Steve Jobs 2. Yeah, the 2013 <laughs> film, yeah. That's, that's real. Okay, so I'm You're trying to avoid it for so Let's talk about Dwarf Fortress. We should have spoken about that like two hours ago. Yeah. When'd you have to go? Oh, I haven't time to go. Like at least an hour. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, tell me about your experience with Dwarf Fortress, Kamal. My favourite game. You should summarise it, I suppose, first. What it is to you. Um, Dwarf Fortress is a world simulator. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's not really a game. Mm. Okay, continue. I don't, I don't really think, like... When you start Super Mario Brothers, uh, you, only, you can only do one thing, which is walk to the to the right, and you're rewarded for walking to the right, and there's goals and all kinds of things. Dwarf Fortress gives you no indication of what, how anything works, mm-hmm. what you want to do, how to operate it at all. Um, like the real world. Right. The difference is, when you're brought into this world, you are parented and handheld throughout it for the first 18 years of your life. Mm-hmm. Dwarf Fortress, you, are, you wake up in the jungle <laughs> with a caravan with some other dwarves who have strange names. Um, and you don't recognize the world, right? It's, that's, so that's different. Fair enough. Okay? Yeah. If Dwarf Fortress started you as a baby dwarf, <laughs> and your parents raised you and teach you about the world for 18 years... An 18-year uh, tutorial. Yeah, I think I would have liked this game a lot more. Um, I, I played it... I, I tried to use the Mac Newbie pack mm. or whatever, um, the Lazy... Lazy, new, Lazy new pack. Yes, correct. It, it, nothing was really working for me properly. I think because I was running the beta of the new macOS. Oh yeah, yeah. And it just so I just ran Dwarf Fortress. Cold. Oh wow. Okay, that's hardcore. And um, I had the walkthrough open with me. Okay. So just because I, I don't know what anything means. Yeah. Um, I was constantly using the look command to like, what does that symbol mean? What does that symbol mean? What does right. that symbol yeah. mean? Right. Um, yeah. Why does that C keep running around like that? It's a cat. It's a cat. Um. It says it's a stray cat, but it's tame. Yeah, so it's not owned by anyone, but it is tamed. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Fine, I understand that. Um, 
I didn't really get very far in it. I'll tell you why. So what I did was, um, I embarked in my world, which was called Rishamika, and um, I got a good spot, you know, no evil. Mm-hmm. Um, aquifer or no aquifer? I think it was no aquifer. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, temperate climate, like pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, let's start digging. Uh, well, channeling. Got to channel first, and then um, start bu- building your fortress. I made the rooms for the like, uh, what do you call it, repository where you mm-hmm. keep your things. Yeah, the stockpile. Kept all my stuff there. Um, I made the rooms for like the workshops or whatever, and then uh, I tried to. I cut out the bit where I took. It took me ages to figure out how to run this game and operate it, and. Um, like create the world mm-hmm. that took me a while and then so i'm building uh, the, the level below and i'm trying to build the staircase down okay and i couldn't do it <laughs> why couldn't i build a staircase uh had you already hollowed out the section yeah yeah you can't build stairs on space that's already been hollowed out because you need to carve them out of the stone what so you, you you need to build stairs down and stairs up to meet them. Yeah. So like you need downstairs. Yeah. And then on the next level you need upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. You can't build downstairs. What well, you can build downstairs on the floor, but you need to build upstairs on not floor. You can't mine out that area first because you need to carve it out of the stone. I spent like two hours trying to build these goddamn stairs. <laughs> so. I, could, I, I just, I couldn't do it. I just, I couldn't do it. I didn't know how, I didn't understand that. It took me a while to first figure out that. Why, why isn't it one staircase to go from one level to, to you know, if I have two levels. Right, right. I'm an, I'm an part one architect, okay? If I, if I have two levels, there is one staircase. In this game, you need a down and an up to get between levels. Yes, yeah. yeah. Why the fuck is that the case? But because each level is the floor of that level. So like each level, if you imagine it being like just a thin slice yeah. that's just the floor, yeah. right? And then any constructions upon that floor yeah. need to be built on top. Yeah. So the second level down, you need to construct stairs that go up. And the one on top, you need to create a hole to meet those stairs, which is the stairs down, right? Because you're only talking about like the pancake floors of the levels. Like those, that, that's what the levels are. Oh, so... That makes no fucking sense. No, it makes loads of sense. So Only you... to a fucking engineer, <laughs> to any real human in the world, you build a staircase between floors, the hole between the floors is implicit. Right, you can actually get down with just a staircase down. You just can't climb back up, because you can jump down. So your dwarves can, like, why, go... De- why wasn't it doing it, then? Because you need to mine out underneath, and to mine out underneath. I did that. Right. But then you can't build stairs up unless you use stone to construct the staircase. Oh, you're already again. at the bottom. Yeah, you're already on the floor. So, a big gap so imagine it like there's a floor above you and then there's stairs coming down, but then they just stop because you haven't built a construction to, to meet them. So I think this is ambiguity about what a staircase is. Which uh, there shouldn't be, right? Which there shouldn't be, because I would have thought, like, Kamel... Why is there an upstair, a downstair, just... and an up-downstair? Why is there three separate <laughs> fucking cons? <laughs> because, uh, presumably, the way we're thinking about it is that you just put in a staircase, and that's fine, whereas yeah. Dwarf Fortress's idea of what a staircase is is the end A way points. down and a way up. It's like... The, the yeah, bit, it's the end The point. bit where you, you cut down at the top, and the bit where you cut down 
or you, you start at the bottom. It's the end points of the staircase, that's why there's two. Yeah. And they meet in the middle. Rather no, than... No human thinks that way. Yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Makes zero, makes zero A staircase maybe, is a staircase, maybe, maybe which is an up-down... It is... In, to go up and down it is implicit. It's I mean, one... part of it is in the programming because it has to treat every layer yeah. as separate. Right. So that's like... That's really the reason. Right. right, so that's... But that's not a solution to the... Like, I couldn't... I couldn't get any further in the game than that. I mean... I, I mean, I mean, you could have probably worked it out. I mean... I spent two hours... How many, how many hours do you want me to spend to figure out how to make a staircase? <laughs> make a staircase in this game, Joel. How many error hours is enough for you? <laughs> I can tell you how many is enough for me. It was two. Because <laughs> that's when I shut down the game. I, I honestly couldn't get any further. Because, the, the like, I, I get engineers built this game, and the way that those staircases are built is part of the how it's structured in the programming right right why doesn't it tell me why it's not working there's no indication of why nothing is not happening i would designate commands and and try and run them and they just wouldn't run and i realized oh because the game is paused why isn't that queued up then when i unpause it it is queued up it's not because i had to unpause it then redesignate the command and it wouldn't do it for me. I mean, I feel like you probably just made a mistake there. Because you can pause the game and, and queue up designations. Uh, I, I, I will totally admit that I've probably made thousands of mistakes <laughs> in the short time I tried building a staircase. But it just there's no indication to me why things wouldn't work. Right. There, there's no... It just wouldn't... It, it would feel like I made no command at all. Right. right. Whereas there should be like a... Uh-uh, sound or so I want something to tell me something's going wrong. I yeah. Well, there, this okay. game wasn't designed for humans to play it. Right. Okay. So what I'll say is, all of the things that you're saying, it's not like I haven't heard them before. Yeah. Right? Like, there's like a comic on the internet that's like, whenever someone brings up Dwarf Fortress, I made that comic. <laughs> yeah. Whenever someone brings up Dwarf Fortress in a thread, you see the same posts every single time. Yeah. Which is like. This game is not for human beings. Yeah. Like this game is impossible to play. It's really difficult. Like all those kind of things. Um, what I will say is, I appreciate everything you're saying. That it doesn't have a great feedback loop. So like it doesn't really tell the player. It has no feedback loop. Right. Mm. It doesn't really tell the player what's going on. Okay. But what I will say is, once you're over that hurdle, <laughs> once you've yeah, go on. Once you're over that hurdle and once you've you've mastered the basics, the stair building, right? Um, it is the richest, most complex game ever constructed. It is like is and like I'm willing to put in that work, right? To 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 get to that point, it's like playing a game. Like bring up the Super Mario Brothers example. Super Mario Brothers is just fun, right? Like you play the game, you have fun, you put down the game, you you've you've spent a few hours of your life abnegating from from your responsibilities yeah. Dwarf Fortress has like shit in it that's like core to being a living creature that's like it, it can teach you things about life right. and about you know it has all these like um, it has like a richness that I've never experienced in another game sure so I what, believe you I believe yeah. that all of that exists what good is that to me if I never get to see it because the game is so fucking poorly designed that you can't <laughs> ever see it it's behind thousands of locked doors 
that they never even show you how to get the key. I don't even know what a key looks like in this world. Like, <laughs> what good is a painting if I can't see it? Like, do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I feel like that's a bad, bad analogy. I, I think what. Good enough. <laughs> so this comes down to a difference in philosophy between us, right? Yeah. Like, this whole episode has. Like all of these things. Uh, I like when someone designs a game to have a good feedback response loop, whatever. That's good game design, right? Like if you're making a game that you're expecting someone to play. Yeah. Right. Um, that takes time and it takes energy, and it takes. It, it, it has to be thought about. It doesn't just happen. And I think, like, one of the things... They thought about so much in this game. Right. Why didn't they think about that? Which is, like, a fundamental part of games, right? I think the... Uh, a feedback loop. I think I think the thing is, this was not a game that was created by game good designers. game designers. Yeah. It was created by two people who wanted to make a game and liked games, but were not really engaged with design principles that make good games. That's weren't, evident weren't, in every... Weren't interested in thinking about it and point blank refused to hire anyone else. Like, this is their project. This is not really a game, I think, that's supposed to be played by a lot of people. It's not Minecraft. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think the people who made it wanted to be Minecraft. They want you to engage with it if you want to engage with it, but they don't mind if people don't. I, I think the point that I'd make is someone who could build a good feedback loop and think about those design principles would never have made this game. That's yeah. I agree with you. Clearly, that's the case. Right. Why could they not now? Like, they must have had tens, hundreds of thousands of people saying, just just tell me how why it's not working, right? And then you that in minor change, right? Because that, that feels like a minor change to me, right? I don't think it would be. Like, there's so many things going on in the system that, like, to have, to change that so that it, it tells you and, like, holds your hand like that. I don't... It, it, I, that, you're, it's not telling you why you can't trade with this other civilization. It's telling you why you can't build a fucking staircase. Right, but, like, it's a game where you need to read the wiki. Like, you need to read the manual. Like, it's not... I think the problem with that is, and why it would be so difficult to build that into the game now is because you could 100% want to build half a staircase. The game doesn't know. Maybe that's what you want to do. Maybe exactly. you're building some yeah. kind of trap or something. You can build traps with half staircases. Half a staircase, so there's a hole that people fall through. I, mean, I just wanted to walk down one. Right, but the because the game is so detailed, the language has to be really, really small, like the design language. If you, if you like take an example like The Sims instead, right, where it has like a building thing, yeah. right? And you build a staircase, there's only ever one thing that you want to use a staircase for, which is to go from one floor to the other. In Dwarf Fortress, there are like a million different reasons you might want to build a staircase. Okay, fine, and, fine, that's fine. Yeah. What if, instead of saying, because the game's saying, well, I have no idea what you want me to do, so tell mm -hmm. me very specifically what you want me to do, how about it just offered a default option, which is the most common option, right? And then, should you want to choose the second or third or fourth option or the fifth or the 500th option of what to do with it. You just say, no, I don't want the default option. I genuinely think that makes the game less appealing. I think like once the game- I can't play the game otherwise. <laughs> I think that that kind of thing of like saying there is a default way of playing the game is kind of antithetical to, I mean, people have built fucking computers in the game and like 
you know, constructed calculators with water flow systems and like... What about an option in the game where you just say, turn on default option? I, and by I, default, that's turned off. I just, I don't understand. I can't imagine how that would be implemented. Like I don't know. That's not my problem. My problem <laughs> is I can't play the game. I think that you could have read the wiki. That's my feeling. I was fucking reading the wiki <laughs> side by the, side the with rage the rage in your eyes. I, like, cause, no, because I wanted to like this game. Right. I really did. I, I love games like this. Harvest Moon, great game. But... It's insulting, yeah. That that is my only connection to this type right, of game, yeah. right? I never got into The Sims or anything like that. It is not similar. But I mean, like Minecraft is maybe. It's the closest. I've never played Minecraft. Tangible reference, and I and and it's funny because Minecraft is played by like millions and millions of people, and no one can get into Dwarf Fortress. And I think because Minecraft is another game where you start off and it gives you no at least nothing. When Minecraft came out, yeah, there was nothing. There was no. There was there wasn't like a cheat or anything. But there's a feedback loop that. Like it, it, I think the, th the feedback loop is the 3D visual space that you're in. That yeah. It's so much easier to understand that world. Yeah, yes. because that's how we live. So that's, it's, it, you know what's up, you know what's down, you yeah. know what's around you. And when you dig down, you know that building a staircase is just... Blocks going up, blocks I mean, going down. Because you, it's, it, because you can visualise it, I guess, because you can see what's going on. With Dwarf Fortress, you, you can't really do that. But, um, but I think that's the closest game I can think yeah. of. I mean, it was based. There are a couple inspired by Dwarf Fortress. So there are a couple of similar games like Rimworld and Nemoria, which are like Dwarf Fortress alikes. Right. So they're like a bit. They've taken the Dwarf Fortress idea. Yeah. And turned it into a more playable game. Um, How but old is Dwarf Fortress? It started development in two thousand four. Okay. Uh, no, two thousand two. Yeah. So it's it's it's. It, but like he said, it's going to take another twenty years to finish. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I but like when you look at Nemoria and Rimworld, they've lost something. Like something's gone. Mm -hmm. There's a depth to the to the um, to the world, and there's a depth to the options that you have, which is gone because it is said that there is a default way. There's a default way to play the game. Yeah. There's a correct way to play the game. Right. And I think that I understand what you're saying. The stairs is like a. a, a a specific, very detailed example where it's really hard to defend. But I think that's emblematic of, I imagine, many more issues that I would have had sure. had I gone past the staircase. Yeah. Right? You don't even want to start with pumps. Oh my god. Right? Like, I just, I'd kill myself. <laughs> yeah. But, I like, again, this is a thing of, You have you ever written, like, a computer program before? Like, have you ever Not done? really. Right. There is, like, when... You because Dwarf Fortress is very similar to programming, right? There is like a very similar feel that you get from it. Yeah. Um, when you're writing a program, you visualize something in your head, you write, you write something that you understand and the computer will understand. Yeah. And then something happens, right? And there is like, just a rush whenever it works. It's like you you do all this work, and it doesn't matter how long you've been programming, and how many programs you've written. Like, you know, my boss is like 40 something and he still talks about like the rush when it works. It's like yeah. you, you finish something, you hit run, it works. And it's just like the best feeling in the world. Like nothing compares. Yeah. And I think like the same thing with Dwarf Fortress is like you're having to wrestle with this system and you're wrestling with it because it's detailed, not because it's, I mean, there is aspects of it that are badly designed, right? We, I agree with you, but like it's... Aspect. The game is not designed to help you when you The game you start. is not designed. It is. 
The guy built a fucking world generator that generates myths. Yeah. Like, nobody else is doing that. Nobody. That's incredible. Right. I agree. So to then say, like, it's just like, that's valuable on its own, first yeah. of all. And, like, you're having to wrestle with this I've system. never claimed that the game's not valuable or it's right. not good. I mean, it's in the I've moment. never played it. Still. Um, I when when you finish like a grand project in Dwarf Fortress, mm-hmm. and it works, nothing compares. Well, it's I'm, just like I have no doubt. It's incredible. Yeah. I just yeah, that's not yeah. I can't do it. I can't <laughs> deal with it. I'm 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 sad that you didn't get anything out of it. Like I hoped that I knew that you wouldn't like it that much, right? Like I knew that it would be. Difficult, yeah, because it kind of goes against a lot of the things that you like about games, yeah. Um, but I kind of hoped that you would get. It's been a disappointing night for all of us. <laughs> yeah, I hoped that you'd get something out of it. Like maybe you'd like see for a moment, like behind the looking glass, yeah. and see what is so unique and. Do you know my, my, I can think of the ideal way I would have played this, mm-hmm. which is sitting over your shoulder, right. And having you operate the keyboard and mouse, yeah, and yeah. talking with you about how to do stuff. Yeah, I mean there are, um, I mean Dwarf Fortress Let's Plays are actually pretty engaging. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's what I was uh, and um, there are things. This is another thing that we should talk about while we're talking about Dwarf Fortress. There's a thing called a, um, a succession game. Yeah. Which is like you get a bunch of people, and each one plays the game. You told me about this. Yeah, for a year. So like I mean, in game year, so like then they'll pass it between each other. Right presidencies yeah and so you end up with a fortress that is like just a mangled mess because like every this is like what's so wonderful about dwarf fortress is that every single person who plays it values something slightly different sure more because it's a game about all of civilization yeah um yeah so like i watch people play let's plays and they're building like really complicated animal farms like chicken farms and stuff none of my fortresses ever have those yeah i just like it's just never really something I got into, like it sounds. And so there's always features that yeah. that everyone's kind of going down their own path with. So yeah, it, it's a cool game. That's what I'm gonna say. Uh, talk to you too long. We had a long discussion about it last time. Yeah. And you convinced me of how cool it was. Yeah. The the incredible detail it goes to. Mm-hmm. It all sounded cool. That's it. I just I, I didn't see that. That's all. One thing that really bother, bothers me, right, is you know when you're going between levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, like physical height yeah, levels. Yeah. Um, why does I'm X right and I'm here mm-hmm. and I go down a level? Mm-hmm. Why does it move here? It shouldn't do. It was doing that every single time I moved up and down a level. It was like the camera was shifting diagonally. Oh, that's weird. That that's not how I expect to plan views of things. No, that that shouldn't happen. That no. was really messing me up because right. I I couldn't understand why when I was digging down here. Then when I went down a level, it was showing up here. Right. That is weird. I don't know. Maybe that's something wrong with the Mac version. I know the Mac version is like a bit right. under, underdeveloped. I wonder if there's all, like a perspective thing you can... I thought, I thought yeah, like maybe it was like in perspective or something, or... but I, no. that makes zero sense shouldn't, to why shouldn't happen. Like that, that's... I was playing version 42, 43, something like that. 43, yeah. That, that could have been. I should call this like the disappointing episode of homework or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> disappointing breakfast. Brand flakes. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. Well, I'm I'm sad you didn't like it. I'm sad I didn't like it. 
I hope we play it again in 20 years. <laughs> so, new homework for you, Camille. See, I was thinking, like, should I set you something shitty and mean? But I set you Dwarf Fortress last week. Or last last. Podcast. I think if, if, if the... I think the aim should never be just shitty and mean. Right, but then you made me watch Steve Jobs. That so. wasn't meant to be. Uh, yeah, I think you thought maybe that was some kind of. Uh, I love that movie. But yeah. it turns out that you really like it. So. Yeah. Um, so actually, I, I want to say something more interesting and also topical. Because oh. I'm going to Hong Kong. Mm. I would like to set you my favorite film of all time. Oh, can I guess? Go for it. Uh, of all time. Of all time. So it's not Lord of the Rings. No. By Wong Kar Wai. It is by Wong Kar Wai. In the mood for love. It is in the mood for love. That is your homework for the, for for this. Program. I'm gonna enjoy this one. <laughs> I think you will enjoy this one. Yeah. I think like, we will actually have a conversation next week where. This is great. I agree. Done. Yeah. <laughs> what if I hate it? I think there will probably be things about it that you don't like. So we'll have things to talk about. But yeah, I think it's definitely. It's, My mum's been telling me to watch his movies for years. It's it's common ground I yeah. think between us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably watch it again. Yeah. Before. In the mood for love. In the mood for love. Okay. Sweet. How's your homework? Okay. What are, what are you going to set me? Have you have you gone really mean? Is that no what no no no. I think. I'm really hoping there are parts of it you'll like. Okay. I don't think. I think I was talking about Tom with it. I've got strong opinions on this. Uh, Everyone has strong opinions well. about this. Um. So I think Joel will probably share a lot of what I think about. This. Yeah. Okay. I'm just hoping there will be things that you feel strongly in a good way about it. Okay. But I don't want to talk about those now because it'll jeopardize next episode. It's, it's a film that came out in like a couple of years ago. Okay, obviously. In, Interstellar. Right. Okay. Christopher Nolan, is it? Directed by Christopher Nolan. See, I intentionally avoided this movie. Yeah. Because I knew, you know... One day. <laughs> one day it'd be an episode of that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll see. I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm not really, but I, I, I'll watch it. <laughs> I think you'll like it more than Steve Jobs. So that's... Sure. But I did do a Masters in Physics. I feel like there's going to be so many things that will just piss me off. This is what I'm thinking, maybe not. Yeah. Actually, yeah, a lot of people say that the, the science in it is... Um... That was like a big concern of Nolan, right? right. So At least, okay. on, on the whole, a lot of it is reasonably... It makes sense. Right. Not all of it does. Um, I assume a lot of the nitty gritty details are. Off. But I'm not. I'm not like. I just care that people respect the source material. Not yeah. that it's like a hundred percent accurate. Right. Like it's, I. I think. Uh, I got the impression he did. Right. I yeah. think there'll be other things that. Um, you don't like about the film. Okay. Such as Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yes. More than. Oh man, he's, um, yeah. <laughs> I, like to I, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. All right. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think there'll be things that you are annoyed and frustrated and upset about more than how they handle the science. Okay. From just from a filmmaking perspective. Do you think there will be parts you'll like? Um. No. <laughs> okay. Solid episode. I mean, because. It's a Christopher Nolan film. Like, I think I think you kind of will dislike the elements of this Christopher Nolan film in the same way that you dislike elements of other Christopher Nolan films. 
Have you seen other Christopher Nolan films? Like Batman, Batman. whatever it is. Oh, Inception, right? As well. we yeah. went oh, to Inception, that. actually. That, that's actually pretty I didn't cool. mind it. It was like, it passed the time. It's not what you said when we watched it. That's true. You, you like films. You, your opinions have a half-life. No, it's just that they, I... No, I, they I, do. <laughs> we went to go see Avatar, you said it was the greatest movie. I didn't say that. You said you really... You, you were very positive on it. No, I was positive before we went in. No, I was no, like, no. this is going to be a good spectacle. No, no, no. I remember. I remember you enjoyed it. <laughs> and like a week after, it was dead to you. Yeah. As it was for most people. But I think that is not that my opinion has a half-life. It's that I just reflect on what I watched. Right? There are certain things that you don't feel in the moment. That later on, after digesting I, what you've watched, yeah, you feel. I, was, I was just trying to come up with a good line. Joel, yeah. I don't know why you had to. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was fine. Okay. It's all right. This wasn't a bad episode of homework, I think. It was. It was a depressing episode of homework. It was pretty deep at a lot of points. Yeah, I don't think that's bad though. Mm. You know, not not all of them can be a happy, joyous time like all the other episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Homework is Kamel Rizvi, me Joel Forster, and returning special guest Tom Peacock. The podcast is recorded in beautiful downtown Hackney, East London. You can find Kamel at Hi Kamel, Tom at Gloom Kingdom, and me at Taken by Mood. If you're a little bit more into superhero comics than I am, why don't you follow Kamel's comic at Khalil.kr. That's K-A-H-L-I-L dot K-R. It's a really interesting take on the Superman story. I think you'll like it. Or if video games are more your thing, Tom and I make a video game, which you can check out at cunningfolkgames.tumblr.com. Our outro music, as ever, was by Kira Kira Benito. You should go and buy their new album. They let us use this song for free, so send them some love. Thanks very much for listening. 